I call the meeting to order City of University Heights City Council meeting May 10th, 2022. Meeting is being conducted electronically tonight. Welcome everyone. Um, four council are here. Doug Swales will probably be joining us. Let me know when he's joining. Oh, did I see him? No. Okay. Um, but let me know uh, when he joins. Okay, Mike. Yes. Uh, so first thing is approval of minutes, April 12, 2022. The minutes were circulated. Are there any additions or corrections? Hearing none, the minutes are approved by unanimous consent. I want to start the meeting to have a special presentation from Chief Kelsey to Kevin Sanders. Chief? Can everybody hear me? Yes. Yes. Uh, the physical presentation of this award uh, went to Kevin last Friday, but I wanted to make sure that council was aware and that it was part of our official record. I've had the good fortune and honor to build a strong professional relationship with Kevin Sanders. For those of you who might not know or, or those who are joining the meeting, Kevin serves as the Iowa City Chapter President of the NAACP, and he's also a member of the Alpha Phi fraternity, which is one of the oldest, if not the oldest, and most prestigious fraternities of Black leaders in the U.S. Uh, its stated purpose, at least uh, by one of its founders, Henry Callis, was to stimulate, develop, and cement an intelligent, trained leadership in the unending fight for freedom, equality, and fraternity. And this award, award is about those traits uh, of Kevin Sanders. It's not about his position as the NAACP. It's not about any particular accomplishment. Uh, it is about the relationship that he has built with me and with various agencies and other law enforcement leaders. Uh, Kevin and I speak at least once a week and often several times a week, not because of any event or any crisis in University Heights, but because the time to develop rapport, open communication and trust is, is now, not when some crisis or event occurs. I initially met Kevin way back when while working with the Iowa City Police Department uh, when he was part of the reconstitution, if you will, of the Iowa City chapter of the NAACP. Uh, since then, I've continued to confer and work with Kevin here in University Heights, and our collaboration, if you will, has grown beyond the two of us and now includes all of Johnson County, and it's actually spreading across the state of Iowa. Uh, Kevin's very active with other law enforcement leaders here in the county, and he specifically has been requested by other agencies across the state to, to help them with various issues that, that have arisen in their communities. As a show of my sincere appreciation and in recognition of Kevin's leadership and guidance on issues of racial justice and unbiased policing, I commissioned a plaque for Kevin. And not surprisingly, all of the other Johnson County area police chiefs, as well as the sheriff and the county attorney wanted to be included as presenters. Again, last Friday on May 6th, we presented Kevin Sanders with a plaque that read, Kevin, or presented an appreciation to Kevin Sanders for his leadership, vision, wisdom, guidance, and perseverance in connecting dreams and purposes, working collaboratively for transformational change in a chaotic world torn apart by polarized views. A genuine leader is not a searcher for consensus, but a molder of consensus. That was a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Presented May 2022 by the Johnson County Area Law Enforcement Agencies and the Johnson County Attorney's Office. And again, on the front of the plaque, only Kevin Sanders' name appears, no agency, no entity, no other individuals, because this is about Kevin and the work he's done and the relationships he's forged. Uh, so again, thank you, Kevin. I know the official presentation has already occurred, but I see that you are present tonight, as well as, as Chad Simmons. And um, again, I very much appreciate our, our professional and personal relationship that, that you forged uh, over the last many years. So thank you. Have a clap for Kevin Sanders. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Kevin? Would you like to say anything? I mean, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but uh, you've done a lot of good work for the whole community. Could you say a few words? Yes, um, I, at this time, I would like to uh, thank the University of Heights City Council 
Um, it goes back to, I believe, 2019 when uh, we all worked together to uh, pass the first anti-racial profile ordinance. Um, Troy has been um, remarkable as police chief of University Heights. As he said earlier, we had worked together when he was a captain at the Iowa City Police Department. And I think he's truly an asset to University Heights for his leadership. Um, at this time, I'd just like to say thank you for this award. I'm truly honored to receive it. Um, and that's about it, but thank you. Thank you, Kevin, for all your leadership. Uh, you can, you're welcome to stay for the meeting, but I, I wanted you to be first. So, um, uh, you do, wouldn't have to stay if you have things to do. Yes. I see, uh, this is Troy, I see Chad Simmons uh, is present and Chad was, was present when we did the presentation. I'm not sure if Chad's just here to, to observe the proceedings or Chad, do you have anything that you'd like to say? I, I don't want to exclude you. I just really want to say that I really, it, it, it continues to be a honor to uh, watch the work that you do and then for you also to, to recognize Kevin. He, as you know, is very humble traditionally does not like to talk a lot about his accomplishments. We find out by accident and then we try to share. So this was one of the events where he uh, uh, allowed uh, me to, to make sure that I, I could bear witness so that I could uh, share with, with others. But I, I really want to, to let you know that the, the collaboration and partnership uh, and the work that you all do um, for the community is critically important. And um, we are very proud that um, we can continue to, uh, uh, to call you all <laughs> leaders and uh, to call this place our home. Thank you, Chad. Uh, okay, we'll go on to um, comments from the public. I see Louise? there are some, yes? Louise, I was just gonna tell you that Doug is here. So we do have all five counselors here. Thank you. Um, so comments from the public. Anyone who would like to speak to the public, state your name and address, and you have five minutes to speak. Madam Mayor and City Council, this is Sylvia Quesada at 416 Ridgeview. I'm a resident of University Heights, and I am attending tonight's meeting uh, to also be thankful that the county recognizes the good work of Kevin Sanders. He was crucial along with the um, <clears throat> along with LULAC and CCI in helping us pass the first anti-racial profiling ordinance in the state of Iowa. Now, what I'm here for tonight is that ordinance clearly is the responsibility of city council, regardless of whether they passed it or not. And there are deliverables and items that need to be generated pursuant to that ordinance. And I'm here tonight to wonder and ask this council, when will you perform the duties and obligations that are provided in that ordinance? They're very specific. We purchased data back in 2019 with uh, St. Ambrose University's criminal law professor who, who was also important in helping us put together some of the monitoring systems. And most importantly and curiously, the last council put together a citizens committee to review, revisit, talk, review, revisit, and talk about what to do about the ordinance. But none of those reports have been made public. And furthermore, none of the deliverables in the ordinance have been made known. So my question as a resident who has a vested interest in making sure that University Heights is a model of excellent ethical service with our PD, I'd like to know when are those reports forthcoming and when is the information that is provided in the ordinance going to be completed by the city council? Thank you, Sylvia. Any of those questions will be addressed in the uh, police report. Uh, anyone else like to speak to the public? Speak from the public to the council? I'm sorry. Uh, this is Warren Tunwall at 100 Cozer Avenue. Uh, <clears throat> I understand the speed study was done on Coser Avenue 
Just a couple of questions, because I think we were gone at the time. Do you know when you expect those results to be, be available from the county? Uh, we'll contact you, Warren, uh, after the meeting and talk to you about it. We haven't received any results. Is there a it's, time frame that you expect them? No, we don't have a time frame. Okay. Thank you. Would Thank anyone you. else... Would anyone else like to speak to the council? Okay, we'll go on. Uh, first order of business is finance and it's consideration of resolution 2209 setting the date of May 24th for a public hearing on proposal to enter into the general obligation corporate uh, purpose bond agreement and to borrow money there under in a principal amount to not to exceed 1.1 million. Now, um, that was, um, Maggie Berger is at the meeting tonight. She presented at the April meeting, all the details of it. And so, and has a timeline. Uh, could you show the timeline, Mike, of that? And, um, Mayor, I can just walk you through the timeline if you would like, if Mike is. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, um, Maggie. That's not a problem. I have it pulled up on my second screen here. So tonight, the action that we're asking you to do is to set a date of public hearing. This is a resolution. Um, this is really a requirement in the code section that you set a date of public hearing. Uh, we're asking for that public hearing to be in an amount not to exceed $1,100,000. Right now, um, based on what we had presented at the April meeting, we are looking for a bond sale issuance of $1,035,000. So we always tend to round up um, just because uh, we don't want you to come back next week and that, you know, kind of at the last minute say, by the way, we think this cost is going to go up by $20,000 and we didn't have any cushion in that number. The hearing is just a not to exceed number. We intend to issue at the amount that you actually need, which will be lower. Um, it does not do you any harm to hold the hearing higher. Um, this is a four and 20 day publication notice because it is essential corporate purposes, which are things like streets, roads, sidewalks, traffic signals, water, sewer, stormwater, uh, things like that. We're asking you then to hold the public hearing. On May 24th, I believe you um, are already having a special evening, uh, a special meeting that night, possibly for budget amendment purposes, um, I, I think. Um, then you would approve the official statement on June 14th. That is the document that our office puts together. It is what we call the disclosure document that goes out to um, underwriters, bankers, anybody who's interested in, in purchasing or bidding on uh, your deal. Uh, then June 28th is when we're asking for a special meeting um, for a bond sale and award. Um, so what this means is that that morning during the morning hours of 1030 to 11, our office will take the bids over our electronic um, bidding platform, which is very standard in the market. Uh, then we would bring the results to you that evening at a meeting, um, asking you to award based on the low interest rate, which is required by law. Um, or if interest rates went haywire that day for something that happened in the market, um, then we would um, ask, ask you to reject all bids. But we would be using June 28th as that special meeting. Then you would be able to do your authorizing and issuance proceedings on July 12th. And to be very honest, that's, I like to call it filling in the blanks. So you lock the interest rate in on June 28th. Um, documents, uh, because you have a 24-hour meeting, you know, notice, it's hard for you guys to get all of these documents and get them all updated during the day on the day of sale. Uh, it can be a little troublesome. So July 12th is when you just enter into the authorizing resolution. A lot of things for the clerk and the mayor to sign. July 27th, no bond, uh, no meeting needed. That's just bond closing. That's the day that you would receive your bond proceeds. Um, so I'd be happy to answer any questions about the timeline or the resolution that's in front of you this evening to set the date of public hearing. That resolution includes the notice that your um, city clerk will send over to the newspaper for publication. Any questions for Maggie? Okay, resolution 2209. 
109 is before the council. Is there a motion? A motion. Motion by Bobby. Is there a second? I'll second. Second by Stephanie. Discussion. Roll call vote. Don. Aye. Moore. Aye. Schroeder. Aye. Scott. Aye. Swales. Aye. Motion carries 5-0. <clears throat> okay. Um, Maggie, there's one more thing. I'm going to move down to resolution 2211 uh, for uh, an engagement with John Danos and Dorsey and Whitney for consulting on financial matters related to bonding with uh, consulting fees estimated at 15,000. Anyway, it won't be any more than that. It'll be 15,000 or less. Correct, Maggie? Yeah, so they're the legal authority. I'm sure that you're all um, very familiar with engagement letters in today's world. Um, John's office needs to send you an engagement letter saying that for this primary action of them preparing these legal documents to set dates of public hearing, hold hearings, they'll do all the legal documents. They will also review the official statement for taxation information. They'll make sure that all of the um, tax exempt information is in there that nothing in the law or nothing in the state of Iowa has changed that would prohibit, you know, tax exempt debt being um, issued. So they'll review the official statement, then they will do all the legal paperwork for not only the day of the sale, but all the authorizing resolutions. They will also then provide closing information and they will file all the tax exempt certificates that are necessary to go to the IRS. Um, so they'll, they'll handle all of that. Um, and then they'll provide your office um, as well as Spear and the purchaser of the debt. They'll provide what's called a transcript and it will be a full um, document full of all the different resolutions that you've taken action on, the official statement, all of the legal and financial proceedings will all be in one PDF document. Usually auditors like your uh, financial auditors wanna see that. Um, the IRS, you know, potentially can always come knocking. Usually they don't under $5 million. Um, but they're going to provide all the legal paperwork, and, and that's what you're engaging them to do. Thank you, Maggie. Uh, resolution number 2211 is before the council. Is there a motion? I'll motion. Motion by Bobby. Is there a second? I'll second. I'll second by Doug. Was that Doug? Yes. Thank you. Uh, discussion. Thank you, Roll call vote. Moore? Aye. Schroeder? Aye. Scott? Aye. Swales? Aye. Gunn? Aye. Motion carries 5-0. Thank you. And uh, I want to make sure the council gets that uh, letter that shows the timeline to uh, in case it's not included, could you send that to the council and staff again? I, I have that. I can, I can send it to everybody, Louise. Thank you. And thank you, Maggie, for joining us tonight. Sounds good. Have a good evening, everybody. Thanks. Thank you. And then we have consideration of resolution 2216, setting the public hearing on amending the city budget, uh, FY2122. And that will be March 24th, also on the same night at 7 p.m. Is there a motion? I'll motion. I'll motion. Motion by Lisa, and then maybe a second by I'll Stephanie. second. Thank you. Uh, discussion? Roll call vote. Okay. Schroeder? Aye. Scott? Aye. Swales? Aye. Gunn? Aye. Moore? Aye. Motion carries 5-0. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to go down now to IMON because there are several members of IMON here tonight. And this is under Streets and Sidewalks Resolution Number 2212, uh, authorizing the permit for I'm on communications LLC to perform work in city right away to accommodate installation of fiber to premise says infrastructure, intra 
infrastructure, sorry. Um, Josiah, did you want to start? Sure, I'll go ahead, Mayor, and Steve may want to chime in here. So we have uh, Resolution 2212, essentially authorizing um, an agreement between the City of University Heights and IMON to install and operate a fiber to the premises network in the City of University Heights, which includes use of the city right-of-way uh, for some of that work. Um, I guess, are there, are there any questions from the council before we go further into detail on the agreement or the scope of the work? I guess I asked that because I know we've, we've talked, you know, for a number of months here about what, what is involved. I feel a lot of questions have been answered over the past few months, but if you go through some of it, it might spark some other questions. Yep. Okay. Well, as we've talked about, um, so IMON is uh, working through Iowa City in this area, including University <coughs> Heights. They are utilizing primarily the existing network of mid-American overhead uh, routes and utility poles that go throughout University Heights uh, to run this fiber and to provide the opportunity for each household in University Heights to sign up for service and receive service from IMON. Um, there are a number of locations in the city where the overhead, the overhead routes don't, don't necessarily fit to serve everybody. So there are a handful of uh, underground bores and uh, underground installations in the city right away uh, to meet that. I'd say that's probably, it's probably 80% overhead and maybe 20% uh, underground roughly, you know, some, somewhere in that vicinity. Um, so as noted, Steve and I have worked with IMON, the representatives to answer a bunch of, bunch of questions on their plan and their layout and where exactly these underground uh, locations are gonna be, where the, where the handholds are gonna be, uh, worked out a bunch of those details and we're at the point where we feel comfortable recommending and, and approving that agreement. Um, the last thing I would say is uh, there is a couple items um, so if, if the resolution and agreement are approved by the council tonight, um, the next step before we issue IMON the, the permit is they need to gather a number of materials, including payment of their permit fees. Uh, they need to secure and submit a performance bond and a certificate of insurance um, for their work. So they, they would have a number of things to get gathered and submitted and then receive that permit. I guess at that time, at this time, I would want to ask uh, maybe either Scott or Mike from IMON to, um, I guess maybe they have something to add and then uh, they may want to speak to how the process goes. Because again, they are permitting uh, with MidAmerican for space on the overhead lines as well. Mike, go, go ahead. You've been real close to this project. <clears throat> Oh, we can't hear you, Mike. Sorry, I my dogs are barking in the background earlier. <laughs> uh, we've done a lot of work with Madame uh, over the past few months, uh, since last fall, actually, to, to get Make Ready approved. Uh, it's roughly 27,000 feet of product, like you said, uh, Josiah, uh, roughly 8% aerial. Um, as indicated in the, in the agreement, and what we normally would do is, you know, we provide mailers, uh, door hangers. We work with the residents to make sure things correctly restored. Um, Randy's on the call also. He's the director of construction that works out in the field, so he can he can steer me clear if I'm going the wrong direction here. But uh, you know, we we do a lot to make sure everybody's satisfied with what we do and what we restore, what we install, what we provide. Um, you know, we've done a lot of work in Iowa City already. Uh, with no issues. They're very happy with what we've done. Um, we're just excited to have the opportunity to provide services there. So, To add to what Mike said, Make Ready is our poll loading proposal with MIDAM. So we send them a proposal saying we intend to hang strand and telecommunications infrastructure on their poles. They do a loading permit 
and then they give us something called make ready. That whole process takes about 180 days. So the reason we've been talking about this for what seems like an eternity is the make, the make ready process takes 180 days to get permission and to get all the pole loadings, et cetera, from mid-am. It's easier to go underground, but it's more expensive and more complicated. So you go through the make ready process to go aerial um, as it's more economical. Um, in many cases, it's a little more straightforward. But as Josiah said in his lead-in, most of our builds throughout Iowa City, East, West, and Coralville are a combination of underground and aerial, and University Heights is, is no different. If, if I could add to this, um, when we go through and do the Make Ready reports with MidAmerica, there's actually a good side of this because they're identifying any issues they may have with those poles. So they're corrected for the public safety. They're taken care of. Um, so the, there, there is something good to say about having the, uh, the poles looked at and visited uh, to hook or to attach to. So when will this, when will this start after the permits are signed? Uh, approximately. Then the next, I mean, we would process the permits. We are building all around University Heights. We're, we've got you encircled right now. Right now. We, we, we've got you surrounded. Um, we would like to complete some access rings and some of the things that we do through University Heights would complete things. But uh, Randy, Mike, within the next four to six weeks, Probably yeah. yeah, it would probably be sooner than that. Locates would obviously go down uh, on the ground, uh, getting getting routes set. Um, door hangers would go out to all the residents, uh, giving them at least uh, two to three days notice. If they have questions, they can call us. We can we can talk about locked gates or or the best way to enter their their backyard to get to the pole line. Uh, the more calls we get, the better. I mean, we, we want to do our best not to infringe, but to kind of get through this safely. University Heights is, is primarily aerial and is primarily rear access. So yep. that takes a higher degree of coordination and cooperation with the residents. Rear access is just something that dictates that. Correct. Any questions for any of the IMON reps? Steve, did you want to add anything? Uh, no, I don't really have much to add uh, to what I've said in my, uh, my report and my supplemental emails. Um, I think Josiah and the folks from Imon have covered it. Okay. So, uh, consideration of resolution number 2212 is before the council. Is there a motion? All motion. That was Tim? That was Bobby. Oh, that was Bobby. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, second, second. Okay, second by Tim. Uh, discussion. Roll call vote. Scott. Aye. I think that's Wales. Aye. John. Aye. Moore. Aye. Schroeder. Aye. Motion carries 5 0. Thank you. And thanks to Iman for joining tonight and working with the staff in uh, the city. We look forward to um, this going very smoothly on the aerial lines. Thank you. Thank you. It will not be without issues, but we will address every one of them. We, there's no such thing as a build without issues, but we are tremendous at addressing them. And I think that's the best you can do is hear the residents and address the issues. 
we'd like to thank um, Steve Ballard and, and Josiah Bills-Kemper for working through the details with us. They've been very good to work with. We realize that we do this all the time and <laughs> University Heights does not. So they were great in, in working with us. They really were. And we, we'd like to thank both of them. Thank you very much. Um, we'll go on the meeting. We'll go back up to uh, Mayor's report. Thank and you all. Bye. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Bye. Uh, we'll go up to um, consideration of resolution 2214. No, we're not doing that. I take that back. Um, Steve Ballard sent an email explaining that there's a process that the CVB must go through before we adopt a resolution. So tonight, uh, we want, I, we prefer the council entertain a motion to join the CVB under the terms set forth in the resolution. And so in review, U Heights will contribute a total sum of 10,000 to CVB in FY 22-23 from the city's hotel motel tax revenue. And then the other uh, condition is beginning FY 23-24, the city shall contribute uh, to the CVB an amount equal to 25% of the total gross received by the city from the hotel motel tax. Did I say that correct, Bobby and Steve? Yeah, I think you said it correct. I think the amounts, the exact amounts and percentages and whatever are to be determined a little bit. They've got to agree to that, I think is kind of the understanding, but but yeah, generally, and I can you know move to approve allocating a portion of the hotel motel tax revenue to be distributed and paid to the Iowa City Coralville area Convention and Visitor Bureau, if that's helpful. So I don't know if we need to have a vote or a yeah or nay. Well, yeah, that's a motion. Is that is that specific enough, Steve? Yeah, you bet. Uh, that'll that just signals our intent to okay. uh, move forward, and that'll give Josh what he needs to do to make a formal proposal back to us. Thank you. So we have a motion by Bobby. Is there a second? I'll second. Second by Stephanie. Okay, this is a motion. All in favor, say aye. 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 Anyone opposed, say aye. No? Okay, motion carries 5-0. Thanks, everyone. Uh, as Steve said, uh, when we hear back from it, it'll be June, July, then we'll adopt a resolution. Right, Steve? That's correct. Okay, thank you. Um, then, uh, let's see, I had a few notes. I wanted to say uh, the subcommittee for ARPA met with Bobby and Steph and Mike and Steve Ballard. And it was held about a week ago and we reviewed uh, uh, the application done by Iowa City and we found that it was done by ECCOG. I just got a word back from the executive director, Karen Kurt, tonight, and I haven't been able to review it, but they're willing to help us with the application. And so I will send that to the committee and we'll continue to work on that. We tentatively had a timeline of summer to the end of summer, somewhere in there to get the application and the deadline, but we'll let, I just wanted you to know that uh, we are still working on that for um, small businesses. Um, any questions with that? Um, let's see. And then I wanted to just spell out the, at the March 24th special meeting, you know, we're gonna have the public hearings that you just voted on, and then we'll have MetroNet from, Josiah said that'll be at uh, the March, May 24th meeting, and also the pavement markings contract. And then I'd like to, the council to discuss, those will go very, very quickly. And I'd like to have some council discussion of continuing meetings on Zoom or returning to the city office that night. I mean, not that night, but discussion that night. So be thinking about that. And then um, I'll go back to the agenda. And we'll go, uh, Steve, 
you sent around your report. Do you have anything to add tonight for legal report? I don't believe so. No, thank you. Any questions for Steve? Thanks for uh, sending clarifications during the last few days. My, my pleasure. Uh, I'm sorry, reporter, that was confusing. All the time. We have changes yeah. all the time that happen sure. last minute. Thank you for that. Uh, city clerk report, Mike. Uh, sent in my written report. Don't have anything else. Uh, only thing I want to mention. You did have one other thing under the mayor's report. I do know. I just thought of it. Resolution 2217. So, <laughs> yes, I just went, oh my gosh, where is, oh, I'm looking under, okay. Yes, consideration of resolution 2217. Thank you. Confirming appointments to uh, Board of Adjustments. So, um, uh, Clayton Hargrave uh, resigned. Uh, he's, uh, his main residency is in Florida, but he still has a residency here. And so I have appointed um, Cheryl Nugel Beinhart that will take his place to the end of 22. And then two new appointments are Sheila Pinter and uh, Sharon Wrights. And Sheila's uh, term will expire in 26 and uh, uh, Sharon's will expire in 25. Um, those, um, that resolution, is it 20? 2017 is before council. I need a motion. I'll make the motion, Louise. Thank Lisa. you, Lisa. Motion by Lisa. Second. I'll second it. Second by Doug. Uh, discussion? Uh, roll call vote. Swales. Aye. Gone. Aye. Moore. Aye. Schroeder. Aye. Scott. Aye. Motion carries. Five zero. Thank you. Um, okay, we'll go to city treasurer. So uh, Lori sent around the report, and it also includes the list of warrants. Um, are there any objections to pay in the warrants? I have, I have one to add. Okay. Uh, the press citizen bill is $425.92 for March and April legal publications. Okay, so that's been added for $75.92. Uh, are there any objections to paying these bills? Hearing none, the bills will be paid by unanimous consent. Thank you. Now we'll go on to, uh, was there somebody? No, okay. Community protection. Uh, Troy, you circulated a report with uh, Stephanie. Uh, you have the floor now. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate that Sylvia brought up the contact data. That is something that I should have included. I, I got distracted by my presentation to Kevin. Uh, we did, uh, I had the, I had IT extract our traffic contact data for last year and last year was the first year that we were doing analysis. Uh, they identified 40 traffic stops over the 12 month period that had incomplete contact data entered. I was asked how I wanted to proceed, whether they wanted to analyze or whether I wanted to have them analyze the data with those holes in it or whether I wanted to have officers. Uh, we're, in the, we're in the position that since we have body cams and in-car cams, I'm able to direct the officers to go back and review any stop that they did not correctly enter traffic data contact information for. Since the data is more meaningful, if it is complete, uh, I chose that option and officers are now, the officers who had incomplete or absent data entry are reviewing those 40 stops uh, on our, on our in-car and body cam so that they can make the appropriate entries before that data is analyzed. Once that's completed, uh, 
Chris Barnum will complete his analysis. And once I have that analysis back, I will make a report to council. So I should have included that in my report. Uh, I did not. Thank you, Sylvia, for bringing that up. And I hope that answers at least some of your questions. Two items that were not included in my report because they occurred after I completed my report. Today, I met with a new organization that is being formed. This is the second meeting. It's a gun violence intervention program, uh, specifically targeting the reduction of gun violence among juveniles. Uh, the University Heights Police Department is going to take an active role in, in that particular organization. So uh, today was their second meeting. I was unable to attend their first. And then under the OUP section of the report, again, it's relatively minor, but I wanna make sure council remains informed. Uh, in the last two days, there has, uh, there's been questions about uh, additional residents acquiring EVAs, electric vehicles, and charging stations. So that is also something that we are addressing and expanding on that. The only items on my report that I would like to pay attention to are items, the financial items listed under F in that some of these items will take council action. Uh, some will even take an ordinance rewrite if council chooses to pursue it. But I would like to restructure the fees uh, starting with the $150 administrative fee for release of an impounded vehicle. State of Iowa and, and, and Councillor Ballard can, can speak to this perhaps way better than me, but State of Iowa allows us to impose certain administrative fees, not as, not as punishment, not as a punitive measure, but to recover costs. I think that $150 fee probably was reasonable when we were not a 24-7 department and we were calling officers in to, to do the release and having to pay an, an amount probably equivalent to that $150. Uh, now that we are 24-7, it, it's really no different than any other call for service. And I, I personally feel that it is excessive, except in the rare circumstance where we don't have a patrol officer on duty. And if the person whose car was impounded insists on having an officer on call respond to release it rather than wait until the following morning, uh, I think that it is appropriate to, to charge that fee. Uh, to make that change would require an ordinance amendment before it was implemented. Uh, I, I just wanted to bring it to council's attention because if they wanted to pursue that, if they felt similarly, uh, Councillor Ballard would need to uh, write that ordinance or make that ordinance change and present it to council. This does not have to tie into the fiscal year. It can be done at any time, but this is just a, a convenient time for me to revisit fees. Uh, this item two, Marietta parking, it's pretty self-explanatory. We extended Marietta parking to non-residents. It has not created issues for us. Uh, I would like to continue that uh, even though we're moving through COVID and hopefully we're not in crisis anymore, uh, but it has not created any issue for residents or for the police department and either enforcement or, enforcement or administration. Uh, that said, I, would, I, I don't want residents to have to pay anymore. I, I think that it's a nice perk for them and they are already paying taxes. But for those non-resident permit holders, I would like to increase the annual fee. Uh, and I think that it can be done in such a way that, that I could monitor, that the police department could monitor the number of permits that were out there and no resident would ever be denied. Uh, and if if we came to capacity, non-resident permits would be revoked in reverse order, reverse chronological order, and, and non-residents would be aware of that. That does not require any ordinance change. That's just an administrative policy, but I want to make sure council's aware of any, any fees. Uh, the only place that it is reflected that I could find is on our web page, uh, on, our, on one of our informational pages. Marietta, Marietta Football parking permits are very underutilized. Uh, we charge $40 per game. I prorate that at the number of remaining games. We sold two permits last year out of the potential. There's 51 parking spaces, but on football game, there's actually more than that because of tower court parking. But anyway, we sold two of those. Uh, I was told back in 2019 by some of the council members on that council 
that the fee of $40 was set so that we would not compete, University Heights would not compete with fundraising efforts that were being done on the parking at Tower Court Apartments. You know, if that's still, if that's still the wish of council, so be it. Uh, I just, I think that it's underutilized. I, I either think that we do away with football parking entirely and just allow residents to continue or, or permit holders to continue to park there, or that we reduce the parking fee for football games to something more reasonable, such as $20 per game prorated. And that would still mean they could park there, but they could not tailgate there. But that is, again, something for council to consider. I'm not asking for any action, but this is the time uh, prior to July once, either at this council meeting or the next council meeting to make changes because that's when we our, our permits are tied to fiscal years. Fingerprinting, uh, we charge a $10 fee for residents and a $20 fee for non-residents. Again, just material costs. I, I think it's it's reasonable to increase the non-resident fee to $25. And then finally, and this does require approval, uh, I don't, Mayor, you will know, or, or Councilor Ballard will know, I, I don't know that exactly in what form, but pay raises for the step increases, or not step increases, I'm sorry, cost of living increases for the officer, I need council action before, before July, before the new fiscal year. I attached a table for comparative purposes. Uh, University Heights is never going to be able to compete with the other area agencies, but you can see where we fall. I've had discussion about the proposed pay scale that I offered or suggested with uh, both Steve Cool to make sure that it could fit with the budget numbers, both for the department and for the city. Uh, also with Bobby Scott uh, and with Stephanie, uh, Stephanie gone, and I've had some lesser conversations with the rest of you. I, this is a very important to me, and uh, those people will tell you that I was reluctant to, to move forward with my contract until this was worked out, because I think that it's important to take care of the officers you have invested in and have a very professional police department right now. And while at one time that might have started with me, it has... It has grown way, way beyond me now. And the face of the department is the four patrol officers that, that you see on a regular basis. So I, I, I feel strongly that this is a, a very warranted increase. It is the same increase that social security recipients are receiving, not, not any more than that. And I mean, you all know the federal government and those increases tend to be more reactive, more corrective than predictive. Uh, it's, it's, it's just what is fair in my opinion. So again, those are all the things that I offer out there. Uh, Mayor, you and council will take action uh, when and as you see necessary, but, but those are just the things I wanna make sure that I've touched on. Thank you, Chief. Um, if okay with council, how about we uh, put some of these actions on the June agenda? Uh, yes. Is that and is that okay with everyone? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I see nods. I see five nods. Thank you. Uh, are there Stephanie? Did you want to add anything? I don't think so at this time. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Um, thanks, Chief, for all of that. It's appreciated. Uh, we'll go down to. What do we have next? We got to go to finish up the engineer's report. And <coughs> we have resolution number 2210, accepting the 21 panel re uh, replacement projects. Um, Josiah, you want to just say a few words about that? Yeah, so this is something we do each time we finish a project. Uh, the council needs to uh, take action to like it says here, authorize payment of retainage on a project and um, consider that the project is complete and the contractor has fulfilled their responsibilities. Um, primarily, we are keep track of that and um, we're recommending that you do accept it. The work has been done and, and they've followed up and uh, taken care of their maintenance items after the fact. Um, 
So that's what this resolution does. And then it also authorizes the city to release the retainage, which is amount, an amount of money that uh, you hold on to basically until the end of the project to make sure that everything that's supposed to be done gets done. And that's the contractor's incentive to, um, to follow through is to get that retainage. So with that little bit of background, um, that's resolution 2210. Thank you. Uh, is there a motion? A motion. Motion by Stephanie, second. I can second it. Second by Doug. Uh, discussion. Roll call vote. Gone. Aye. Moore. Aye. Schroeder. Aye. Scott. Aye. Swales. Aye. Pat. Motion carries 5-0. Thank you. And then we go on to resolution 2213, authorizing permit to Metronet. Oh, that's for the 24th. Correct. Okay, very good. I wrote May 24th. I think the next one we have is resolution 2215, accepting the quotation for the 2022 street sweeping work. Um, that was included in my report. Uh, we obtained a quote from Streb Construction Company, who has done the street sweeping the last couple of years. Um, their, their hourly rate this year is $200 an hour. As I noted in my report, uh, they have been taking basically one full day to get all the streets done. Uh, they've done a good job. Uh, just last, I think last year they had a brand new sweeper equipment that did, a good, that did good work. So... <laughs> Uh, I don't have any issues there. Um, I think they've done a good job and their, their cost is um, competitive. I did point out uh, in my report and to point out to you here, we did identify an error in your budget for this year for the street sweeping. We had $250 in there. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was, we dropped a zero. That was supposed to be 2,500. Um, you can see that, you know, it, at the quote we have here, they're gonna come in under that, but um, that could be an issue. I did talk with Lori and she said there's sufficient funds remaining and several other items that would have no problem covering that. So subject to the council being okay with that, we recommend approval. Okay, uh, is there a motion? All motion. <laughs> motion by Bobby. And a second. I'll second. I'll second. Second by Lisa. A discussion. Roll call vote. Moore. Aye. Schroeder. Aye. Scott. Aye. Swales. Aye. Gunn. Aye. Motion carries five zero. Thank you very much. Uh, Doug, did you have anything to add? Uh, no, not really. Um, okay. Great. Thank you. Um, now we'll go on to building zoning and sanitation. And uh, Tim, I did speak with Jack Loverman, who has done this. This is his fourth year to continue uh, mowing the public areas. He contacted me. And so this is consideration of motion to accept bid. Uh, to continue mowing public areas in the city for $200 per month for seven months, May through November. And so um, could I have a motion for this? Can I ask something real quick? Motion by Doug. Is there a second? Oh, I think Doug had a question. Second. I had a question. When, when that's described as public, uh, does that include like, uh, I live on a cul-de-sac down here. Is, is that cul-de-sac considered public or is that considered? That's not part of what we've mow. Now, okay. everything's not here, but there's north of, you know, kind of that area in front of the ravine on North Sunset, so to speak. Right. And uh, the area around uh, the garden. I, I don't have all the areas, but we've not ever covered that area down there. No, we, we. Do you volunteer been... to do it? 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. And what, what do you see my bill for? It's over twelve thousand. So, <laughs> no, we we've always done it, but I didn't know if that was considered public. It's, I would say it's probably public area. Okay, wouldn't you, Steve? <laughs> yeah, it it's nothing. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it probably is. I don't know. You know, we usually have the adjoining property owner uh, mow the, uh, you know, the parking area, whatever you want to call it, between this curb and the sidewalk. But when it's in the middle of the street, I don't, I don't, I don't know how it's been handled in the past. Doug, you probably have a better handle on that than anybody else. But, uh, you know, I say it's always been kind of a gray area and we've always just, because it looks so bad. And like I say, we just picked up the sticks and mowed it again the other night. But I didn't know if that was called public because, you know, I, well, city right away, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. So, what, what? so uh, I don't know what to say other than um, you don't want to handle it anymore. Your your area doesn't <laughs> want to handle it anymore. I mean, I was hoping to get somebody to mow my yard. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe my well, husband will come down and mow it. <laughs> no, I, I mean, we'll take care of it, but the, it was just the, the questioning of, is that considered public, or if it's private, can I put a garage on there and park cars or anything? If it's <laughs> private, I'm going to... Well, it's I'll, probably I'll, like city right-of-way, kind of like, <clears throat> like Steve said, between the parking and the street, and I don't know, you know, and, and residents take care of the city right-of-way, their own city right-of-ways. I don't know. We could we could look uh, into and, that. So so Doug, I can tell you that, I mean, it, it is in the city right away of from Mahaska Court that that whole area. I can answer that question as to how it gets handled. I guess that's up for discussion. Mm -hmm. Likely we'll just continue hey, to, to do it. But you're uh, from if you yes. like. I can I can speak with Jack and see if he'll add that into his areas. That's not a problem. Well, he's waiting to hear from me. So or, but that's what I say. If, if but I mean for the same amount of money. I mean uh, I understand, but I'm thinking for the same amount of money. I don't know. I mean I don't know. So, Doug, I'll I'll check back with you, okay? When I talk okay. to Jack. Okay. Like I, said, I just just it's always been a gray gray area, and I, I just like to know one way or the other because my neighbors ask me, and I shrug my shoulders and say, "Heck, if I know." So, I just like to know one way or the other, and if it if it is city, well, you know, well, even city then, right I, away, city right away, my city right away is taken care of by me. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so, I, I, I kind of think it's the residents down but there. But I don't have any property in the middle of that island. I mean, I would agree with that had I had property in the center of that island, but I don't. You know, like a, a curb to the sidewalk right away. I, I get I, that. Yeah, my feeling is that should be a city responsibility because it's not on the side of the street of any of the homeowners. So I think we should probably have... Um, the city take care of it. So maybe talk to Jack and see what he says. And if it's more, ask him what that is and just go from there, I guess. Well, I'll just get back to Doug on that, see what he says. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then because that'll have to be a council decision, I think, to add that if there's an addition. Sounds good. Um, so we'll go to e-government and Lisa circulated her report. <clears throat> Any questions? Lisa, do you want to comment? I just wanted to say what a great success City Cleanup Day was. Thank you, Tim, for coming and helping out. And, and I think we would like to thank our other, the other workers, Mike Haberkamp, Sergeant Daryl Tucker, and Patricia Yegi, thank you all for volunteering. Thanks very much. Uh, 
So our next meeting will be March 24th on Zoom and uh, at seven o'clock. May 24th. May 24th, I'm sorry. I do the M's and the J's. Uh, May 24th at seven o'clock. Is there um, any other announcements? We have the bike breakfast on May 18th, the bookmobile, which will be starting May 31st, farmer's market starting June 7th, and the garage sale June 4th. So. And you can check the website for all the details. Is the uh, splash pad going to be turned on anytime soon or is it on now? <laughs> I got my soap ready. I was just asking. <laughs> I don't know, but I'll find out about that too, Doug. All right. I'll talk to the Parks Department. Is there any objection to adjournment? Hearing none, the meeting's adjourned by unanimous consent. Thanks, everyone, for coming.